Hello, and welcome to the No Good Poetry Podcast. Each week we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of poetry. This is episode 73 with... Joseph Makos and... Joseph Bievenu. This is the good, bad, and the ugly, isn't it? Some ugly shit out there, kids. Let's make the world safer for poetry. So in the back of the spot on St. Claude for maybe what might be the last, um, which I don't think uh, ever, but if one of the last recordings we'll do back here for No Good Poetry Podcast. When um, I tried to say that last week, you said, no, no, we'll no, be back no, when no, Megan's here, which is probably true. but Yeah, exactly, but, you know, it'll be transformed. Um, like a dragonfly. Yeah, once the mosquito the dragonflies heart, uh, transform, submerges from its cocoon. I don't think so. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. They have different stages of life. Oh wow! Look at that. That was that was the that was the voice of Wikipedia, by the way, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess they have lar- they have a larval form at least, huh? Yeah, indeed. Um, but we're uh, here with a special guest this week. Uh, we have uh, we have sex party, the one and only. Hello, the one and only. That's me. <laughs> Hashtag uh, super white. Six Fs. Hashtag AKA. six Fs, super white, sex party. I'm, I'm known by many names. Yeah. Um, I saw y'all throw it down at um, the St. Claude spot after party for the uh, World's Unfair. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was a fun party. Yeah, it smelled like burnt speaker by the time I got on. Um, it's one of the speakers. Oh, that's right. Somebody blew out a speaker that night. It, 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 was, it was basically it was a set that, a set, yeah, a set that didn't even happen. Yeah. It was a, you know, a nice little easy sort of uh, gift wrap, cool punk music moment where something breaks, even though, you know, the people who are responsible for breaking like, shouldn't have done that. We'd like, we'd, we'd, it's cool to burn speakers, but we really don't have enough of them. Yeah. You shouldn't burn it. <laughs> no, no, you should burn other shit, right? Yeah, it's just you Bras, have, books. You, unfortunately, you have to keep the music turned down or you have to acquire better speakers or else you're going to start your speakers on fire. It's true, actually. <laughs> Running too many things <laughs> through it. If you want loud music, you have to, as B.B. King said, if you want to have a ball, you have to spend some cash, right? Yeah, it's true. It is very true. So don't turn up your cheap speakers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I mean, Garbage Boy definitely warmed them up that night, so... It smelled very bad in there, but it was a good set. It was a good set. Yeah, yeah I remember that set. It was a pretty nice set. Um, um, well, I might. I mean, I don't know. I was... I was. Uh, well, let's not talk about that night. Anyways. Let's uh, not talk about that night. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're here just kind of talk about... I don't know. I feel like there's an intersection. I feel like there's an intersection with... Uh, how you manage poetry as a musician. I mean, sure, I'm a rapper, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've never considered myself a poet, uh, but I guess I do the same things as a poet does, right? Hustle? Hustle, I mean, I mean <laughs> rhyme or not rhyme. Rhyme or not rhyme. Right, rhyme yeah. or not rhyme. Um, use words, use turns of phrase, um, but I don't know, it's, it's never been something to me that like, that on paper translates, it usually translates into, into performance, and um, when I realized that I liked to do it, there were the slam poets and the rappers, I picked the rappers. <laughs> You know, actually, you just hit you just hit on a bunch of things that we've talked about in, in recent episodes um, that that uh, that you didn't know because I mean I'm not guessing that you're jumping on listening to our podcast uh, right now, but uh, I'll listen to my episode. I'll listen to your episode, yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but we 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 know we've addressed we've talked a little bit about the sort of like the sense of performance about like that stage the tense moment of the stage and like either you're like either you're like a performer or you're not. You know, and there's like poets who like write for the page, and there's poets who write for performance. You know, and that's almost where we. I mean, we. I remember we talked like the idea that like even though you you consider yourself a rapper, there's still poetry going on, especially when you're performing in the performance mode. 
in a, in a, in a, in a, in a far stretch of what you're doing as a form in a certain way. Even if you have a backing band. Yeah, a band or, you know, backing vocalists or a backing track, mm -hmm. right? I feel like the more you strip away, the more difficult it actually is, right? When I started um, rapping like 12 years ago, I had a full band, so I wouldn't have to stand on stage alone with just my beats, right? And, and like then between between verses or between like between parts where I was performing where I didn't know what to do with myself I could go grab a tam tambourine or I could just sort of slink back and the band could do band stuff right um, and like I put off learning how to rap with beats for a long time because it's fucking terrifying <laughs> um, and to like have to be like usually the stages that you're on are either like you know some community stage that's like not meant to be a stage or something that's set up for like a three-piece or four-piece rock band right and you have to fill the stage with yourself which is extremely difficult um and i would imagine doing it without music would be even more difficult and probably that's not something i'm going to try <laughs> but it's hard enough just being like on stage alone uh rappers are like weird people and like Often, like, if I, like, don't look at them for long enough and I look back, I'm like, that is a huge bunch of dorks um, and a lot of angry dorks. But, like, the thing that they do, I think, is extremely difficult to, like, go up on stage and, like, be the only one there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a hard trouble, like, not turning my back to the crowd, right? You have to, like, stay big the whole time. And I'm, like, 6'3", and it's hard to stay big. Um, so, I don't know if that answered your question. No, I'm no. Just I, be saying what I want to say, right? No, that was good. It was good. I was just like when you when you when you when you first answered when you first started answering the question. You said, you know, when I first went up on stage, it was just me and and uh, I had a band behind me, and I just didn't want to be just me and my beats. I just I just pictured like you rapping your beats, and the band just like doesn't do anything the whole time. They're just behind you on stage, and then like. <laughs> no, but that's a good concept, right? <laughs> so I've been like, I've been trying to stretch Sex Party out and add musicians to the beats so like adding like a hand drummer and adding backup vocalist and adding a guitarist and but still having the beats be like the the uh the the backbone of the thing being like essentially you know press and play on a computer or on an ipod um i think it's a happy medium between like uh between standing on stage alone and like being in a jam band, because that's the other thing that happened to me when I was rapping with the band, is like, I'm extremely white, and we were in Boston, and like, I had four Berkeley musicians, and they knew how to like, jazzaroo it up, and like, we did, ended up where I didn't want to be, which was like, playing with like, every jam band in Vermont, <laughs> um, and it's tough, like, I don't think that anybody really likes jam bands, I think they're kind of forced to be there. Like, everybody switched right over to EDM as soon as there was something different. Um, but, like, when you didn't choose it and you're there, I, I was never extremely happy in the jam band world. <laughs> um, but that's far from poetry. Uh, but I guess what I'm trying to say is, I, like, I'm trying to find a, a happy medium with my performance right now where there's, like, the electronic part that there's, like, the backbone that doesn't move and then you can add in musicians. And the musicians often, like... They can be making noise, but like, what's really valuable for me about having people on stage is like kinetic people, the people who are moving, mm -hmm. right? Um, it's an unfortunate fact that you can play music off of speakers and then move around like you're playing it, and that works for like 85% of people. <laughs> You should have some dancers in the background right, and dancers. just get rid of some musicians. Just get rid of more musicians, add a few more dancers, you know, backup vocalists, but I need three of them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think you can, I think, like, that's, isn't that, like, part of the, the I mean, you're, you're piecing together sort of, like, your, your, I mean, that's part of making a band, putting a band together. Like, you said it, the idea of somebody there in the space as a kinetic presence mm -hmm. is, like, an important thing, you know? So you've got, like, you know... Your bass, like I always think, like bass players. That's like one of their main roles. Is to, like jump around a lot and play the bass and like get in Playing the bass, bass and be and be in the. Roles. It depends. It depends on who it is, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, 
often like and often the things that I imagine to put on stage, you know, including like background projections and stuff, are to like take the heat off myself because uh, nothing terrifies me more than like being on stage alone with the microphone and there's no music playing. So you so we so we're not going to see you at an open mic anytime soon, <laughs> sex party. No, I I have to go like a few more years of therapy before I open mic it. Okay. People who go to open mics are all braver than me. Well, there's like the, the you know I don't know man maybe we should go check out the esoterotica reading and uh, go go hear some other uh, sort of like uh, I mean erotic well we, we you know erotic doesn't mean sex but erotic poetry and. <laughs> tap into the vein. Dude. So in the in the first years of sex party, I had this idea that was cute and funny. It may have been esoterotica that like I thought of doing it at, but it would be like taking all of sex party songs and converting them into like really cheesy, like one guy with the bongo and me doing lyrics on stage. And like I went to scout this sex centric poetry night. This would have been 2011, 2012. I went to like see if it would be right, and it was way too kind a space for me to do that to. <laughs> so that's pro- it probably was. That's probably who it was. Yes, people were way, people were like, people were developing themselves, and I was like rapping about fucking, and it didn't seem like the you, right thing. It would, it would probably work better at a more normal poetry reading. It was nope, funnier yeah. that way. Yeah, maybe so. But I think now maybe you could go in there because they. Seem like they have like a pretty well, open, sure. open mind. No, but that's what he's home. saying. It, it needs to be. It needs to be a little more of a hostile audience. For but then, like you know, I feel like you always like if you're gonna goof on somebody, like you should punch upwards, right? And if somebody's out here, uh, you know, figuring out who they are on stage, like that's not. I don't even know. I don't even know what, what what reading would that work at around town? Would that be funny who, who to are do the that at? To punch upward against. Who are the, oh my god! Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the I, rich ones. I don't know where that would work anymore. Uh, I don't know. I think. I think. I think if uh, it doesn't have to work, it can just be an idea I never did. It could be a <laughs> budget. <laughs> I mean, it would be. I mean, I don't think people would be horrified or anything, po- but it, it, it would be funny to do that at Maple Leaf. Oh, it would be so funny to do it at Maple Leaf. Does Maple Leaf have a poetry night? Yeah, they have it, a poetry it's a Sunday so, what's afternoon. That? Every Sunday afternoon. Every yeah. Sunday at 3 p.m., they have a poetry reading. It's the longest running poetry reading in North America. Did your listeners know this? Of course. Oh, yeah, we've talked about it many times. Well, I'm the only one that doesn't know this. <laughs> yeah. You could go and show That'd up. That'd be here. a good place you, to do it. You could totally. Uh, and they have an open totally mic portion. It would be good. Probably, yeah. I feel like goofing on the maple leaf is fine. You could punk <laughs> yeah. on him so hard. Yeah. You goof on the maple leaf. Don't. I think on. they would. They would like it, but they would also be a little bit weirded out at the same time. That's fine. Which, That's which would be good. The reaction. But we can make a. I think we can make a mockumentary about it. Even <laughs> anybody who likes it and isn't weirded out by it, I'm a little scared. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like a little bit. Yeah, I can make a. We can make a little mockumentary because <laughs> you could go into. So like it's like sex parties, art, alter ego is like a is like a good be thick. Not even that, not even alter ego, just the person. Just right, 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 right. Just is there. The I mean, so you're gonna have the guy with the bongos. Yeah. Well, the idea was the guy would have a little drum machine, and the drum machine would do. The oh, bongos, the drum machine right? would do the bongos. So yeah, you know, um, <laughs> and then you do that that poet thing where you finish the sentence and then start the next sentence like. This I and mean, then you mean a little slam poet thing that every slam poet does. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like oh, I, thought you were, I thought you were going to demonstrate it. For okay, a yeah. No, like I the weird like. Lost my nerve. Are you talking I like my freestyle? I write. <laughs> are you talking? You can just, the, you can are you just pick, a, the, pick a poem out of this book and read it. Are you talking stuff? about the thing where they where like the poet would be like, <laughs> and I thought I was you know like they do yeah. this like weird like staccato type like. Beat, like breakbeat type, backbeat type. Like break, this, break like beat. the hard pause that goes not where you think it does always sounds like the hard pause that goes where you think it does. Right? <laughs> like maybe nobody should hard pause ever. That should be the new poetry thing. Are there new poetry things? Does it work like that? But you I mean, well, you can bring one in. We could try to do one. I mean, you want to do a rap, new poetry thing? Rap has been rapping in triplets now for like 10 years and I still don't fucking understand it and I can't do it. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I started in like the in the early aughts, and like triplets were fucking whack because like P 
people had just been, you know, talking about their ciggity socks. And, like, uh, and it was all like that was all part of um, force triplets <laughs> yeah it was, but that was all part of like the new jack stuff that went out of style with gangster rap and like I started rapping like when everybody wanted to sound like Mob Deep um, and you like triplets were like weak you didn't do that that made you sound like like some 90s dude right that made you sound like way out of style and it's completely back in style it's back in style in a new way and also they do it in the old way too and the cool dudes do it in the old way like Migos uses like old 90s triplets from like from like you know the guest rapper on a boys to men song um, and like I don't understand it and I tried to write like that and like I've trained myself to write in twos and like I trained myself listening to MF Doom who like raps a certain way and like I started wrote like him for like a few years and I can't I don't have cadences of words in triplets I just don't have them. So, so this is where it comes back around to poetry. Well, actually. well, yeah, well, it kind of does. And then, well, we haven't talked about talked about it with rap before, where we've talked about lyric writing and, and how that's similar and how it's different from poetry. But sure. like when you're writing lyrics with music, you kind of have the melody to guide your syllables. It depends on like who you are and where you're from, though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I'm, but, but well, I'm saying if you're writing music with a melody, you uh-huh. usually have that. So it seems like rap would be kind of different from that. What is? I mean, other than the beat that you have that you're that you're working on top of. It depends. Like the New York guys and the East Coast guys still still try and like they rhyme like over the beat, and they try and like they mess it up. I, got, I listened to a lot of Pharrell Monch when I started rapping too, and that messed me up for a long time because he's all like complex. Uh, you know, the more complex he was, and the more like little goofy tricks and, and puns he could throw in there, like that was like the that's the crowd that I learned to appreciate rap with. Uh-huh. Um, and then I came down here, and like all the rappers down here, they're mixed low. Um, the rappers in, like, if you listen to Hot 97 in New York, the rappers are so loud. They're so <laughs> loud that they often, like, that the beat often, like, they dominate the beat. And down here, like, you're not, you don't do that. You, like, stay under the beat a little bit. And, like, if they call it riding the beat. Um, but you stay under the beat and, like, you let the beat be the thing that's, like, this cool. And yeah, yeah. that's the criticism of Southern rappers from the East is, like, is like the beat is more important in southern rap, which gets like transmogrified into southern rappers don't say anything, which is not true, right? But that's how like the 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 way that people approach things. So when I came down here, um, like people were uh, like one when I was in Boston, I was like the best rap song you're supposed to write is like how a bill becomes a law and why that's fucked. <laughs> Right? And like, if you don't write a song that's that intense, like, people are like, wow, like, that's pretty weak of you. And I came down here, and people are like, sing rapping, and like, they're riding the beat, and they're like, fuck, fuck, ass, ass, pussy, pussy. And I'm like, I didn't know it could be like this. Um, and it really, like, it really transformed me to like, get out of that, the, the way East Coast people are, the way like, the, the way I perceive, like, they, like, approach rap and, like, to get down here and realize, like, you don't have to be the show if you're on a song. Yeah, can be yeah. Than you, right? That, honestly, that's the same for the poetry world in a certain sense because, like, or, like, in, like, the idea of a northern-southern thing because, I mean, Joseph, we both went to school up in, up in the fucking crust of the Ivy League up there, you know, in the, in the, in the shadows of the Ivy League and, you know, you know, we all sort of walk through the yard and all that, you know, but it's like, there's, there's a whole fucking stuffy-ass East Coast thing, too, with poetry, in a certain way, mm-hmm. that's like, if you don't write this sort of, like, high modernist shit, yeah, then you're I not mean, really accepted into the... I guess, except, like, is that really, that's, like, all of academic poetry. Maybe. Okay, I guess, yeah, I guess we can look at that. <laughs> but, but, I, mean, but I, think, I think, yeah. Everything out there, especially in Boston, like, takes the form of academia, even if it's not. Yeah, right? yeah. I think the Patriots are like, you know, the school of football teams, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not a, right? Yeah. So, like, they, they map that onto everything. That's specifically Boston. True. Um, no, that's true. And New York is cool and big and dominates, and, like, it's not afraid to, like, be cool and big and dominate, right? Yeah. 
I used to read with my friend Melissa Goodman um, back in the day at the Lizard Lounge. Uh-huh. And the Cantab, too. That yeah. was another spot that we would go and read poetry at. Lizard Lounge was like that whole Jeff Robinson trio with the, mm-hmm. the you know, the... I didn't know for years that the drummer was the drummer from uh, Morphine, but he was the guy drumming during the poetry readings. <laughs> but that was definitely like a different school totally, too, because it was like sax playing, drummer, stand-up bass, read your poetry. Have I ever told you my you story? You could rap to that. This is not extremely poetic, but I want to tell you my story about uh, playing pickup hockey against the Berkeley School of Music with the saxophones for Morphine. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you this story? Please. Sure. Okay. Um, so I played hockey in college. Um, and there was like a Boston rock and roll standouts team that was playing against the Berkeley College of Music club team, right? <laughs> and I was like one of the only two guys on the entire on my team that could like skate and was under like forty, right? And they were just a hockey team, right? So I could like and I wasn't good in college, but like I could skate, right? And I can handle the puck and. So it was basically me and one other guy against a, a generally competent club team. hockey team of yeah. Berkeley people. Who know how to pass and know how right? to hit the puck um, into the goal. And also the saxophone for Morphine is playing defense. <laughs> um, Dana, right? And uh, get to the, we're, we're down like 5-4 and we're on, we're on a, a power play and there's like two minutes to go in the game and like I'm carrying the puck. And one of the Berkeley kids, I wasn't wearing a mask, and the kid fucking lined me up and like put his helmet right under my chin. And like, I drove home with my lights off. Like I probably had a concussion, but like (laughs) I got up and I like, you know, I cross-checked him in the face and he fell down. He had his mask on. It was just, it was like, hey, retaliation, because like, don't do this, right? So I'm skating in the penalty box. The game is effectively over because we're not gonna score a goal. And like the whole way the saxophones from Morphine is like right next to me telling me that like I'm a selfish player and that like I fucked everything up for the team and like how could I fucking do this, like something, something, they all took nights off for this or whatever. And the whole time all I can think is do this saxophones from Morphine. This is sweet. It's the only time you ever talked to me. So yeah, I got yelled at by Dana, the saxophones from Morphine before attacking someone in a hockey game between Boston rock and roll people and the Berkeley College of Music. Did you win? Did you lose? We lost the game, yeah. Yeah, because of that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we weren't going to win anyway. Okay. You know? I didn't want to explain to him that the fact that we lost was because there were no other players on the team. <laughs> right? Because that would have just played into him accusing me of being selfish. <laughs> I wasn't going to play his game. Dana, if you're listening... That seems very unlikely. (laughs) If you knew one person from morphine, I knew one person from morphine. That's closing the circle. Yeah, considering one of the guys is dead. There's only only one more. (laughs) (laughs) Neither of us know him. Yeah. Well, we're not endearing ourselves to the members of morphine with one guy from morphine is dead. The joke. So if they're really already listeners. We've just lost them. And if I'm well, if any of you know who Morphine is, probably I'm guessing now everyone who listens to this even knows of the band Morphine. They didn't even have lyrics, so maybe not. Wait, they did. They did. Mark Sandman was he the singer? He was the guy that was moaning and singing words. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I didn't think. Did he moan a lot? He's just like I get. It. I don't know. I made that up. Um. So. That had nothing to do with poetry. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's great. Uh, so, but maybe we should maybe we should get to some poetry topics. I don't know. We don't really have a lot of topics. Anymore. I can read my poem. Do you want? Do you want? Can you? Can you? Can you do a piece? Um, Would that be weird? Would that be weird to ask? No, it wouldn't be weird. Except, uh, like, I absolutely choke under pressure when I don't know exactly what I'm supposed oh, to do. Oh, yeah. it's okay. Well, maybe we'll come back to you on you that. Come back to we'll me. Come back to and we're gonna link you too. By the way, we're gonna. Uh-huh. We can. We can put any links you want up for the for the show notes and all that stuff and and uh you know whatever you know yeah I'm we can link you to stuff piece. maybe i can think of a piece while you're doing your piece well okay. we're gonna have you read your piece man but you know totally unrelated but let's talk about it well maybe not totally unrelated con- consider it considering the title look what i got in the mail from abe today nice james tate's viper jazz which I've always wanted a copy of, but I've never seen it anywhere, and I don't know why. I was like, let me see 
which ones they have on there that I don't have. Look at this nice, nice picture of him oh from this nice 70s pictures, picture of Jim T. But this is like one of these ones that like I remember reading in the library. And that's a library, uh, yeah, X library edition too. And it was like the stuff that made me love Jim's stuff because it's so, so like wonderfully silly, but awesome at the same time, and just like really, really good. Give us one, one. and Give funny, us one. and funny. Yeah, maybe we'll do a couple. Some they're short, but maybe maybe someone else can read one. So this is like the stuff like that's so that's so like this is the kind of stuff that like when I first started reading it I was like I didn't know you could do this in a poem. Same tits. It was one of those days. I was walking down the street and this poster glassed in a theater billboard caught my eye. A really gorgeous set of tits. It was noon, hot as hell outside. So I said, "What the hell?" Paid my 250 and went in. Got a seat all by myself right in the middle. The curtain opens. There's the same poster by itself in the middle of the stage. I sat there sweating. Finally decided to get the hell out of there. It was still noon. Hot as hell outside. <laughs> Weird. Uh, <laughs> that's a good image. <laughs> yeah, it is. But... <laughs> that situation is just weird. <laughs> Well, he used to do a really good, you know, that's one of the things I like. He'd have these, like, weird little scenarios that would happen. That would happen, you know? <laughs> I don't, I now, I, I saw that one when I was slipping through earlier. Now I'm just going to be guessing because most of them are not. I don't know, what is this one? <laughs> They've got great funny, a lot of them are just like the title in themselves are funny. Where they don't go. Oh, no, I lost that one. I lost that one. On the subject of doctors. I like to see doctors cough. What kind of human being would grab all your money just when you're down? I'm not saying they enjoy this. Sorry, Mr. Rodriguez. That's it. No hope. You might as well hand over your wallet. Hell no. They'd rather be playing golf and swapping jokes about our feet. Some of them smoke marijuana and are alcoholics, and their moral turpitude is famous. Who gets to see most sex organs in the world? Not poets. With the hours they keep, they need the drugs more than anyone. Germ City. There's no hope looking down those fire engine throats. They're bound to get sick themselves sometime. And I happen to be there myself in a high fever, taking my plastic medicine seriously with the doctors who are dying. You like that? Yeah, I like that. You can relate to that. You want Dr. Death? A neurosurgeon in Texas who was like putting screws in people's spinal cords and like going out with like uh, with his friends and like he went out with one of his childhood friends who was a surgery subject of his for the next morning and they did LSD and cocaine together and he paralyzed the man. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but that was good. It's goodbye. I'm looking forward to going through it all again. <laughs> yeah. All right. I've gained confidence. All right. By, by watching you two wordsmiths. Well, so I'm just reading. We're just reading. Yeah, some yeah, so definitely interpret someone else's work. Cool. Um, okay. This is uh, this is from a song called "I Want Your Fuck." And it is an extremely heady and intellectual send-up of uh, George Michael's um, I Want Your Sex. <laughs> um, got a whole video on my mind that I want. But this is just one of my verses, all right? I want it, baby, you got it. Ain't a lot we can do about it. All we are is just two objects that fit together like crude logic. Tried abusing my penal code so I ate away at her due process. In the peach like a honeydew, my face wet when the moon rises. Who am I supposed to relate to this Occupy with that timeline make quantum leap between landscapes? These giant weird bitches can't skate. These Bill Hicks bros suck dick, can't shit gear with no fuck stick. Dennis Leary ass copycats talk for a truck, fuck tough shit, I'm smooth ride. All I ask is your due time, all I want is your beauty. 
All I want is to see you, but I need you to look through me. I need you to look through me. I need you to look through me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like the stage freeze. Yeah. I like the due process lines. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, yeah, there's no shortage of me being amused with myself. That's, I think that's why I keep doing it. Because um, when you have a good sex pun, it makes, makes sense to work it. <laughs> that's all. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good, it's good when you can make sex puns with something dry like that. Mm-hmm. Due process. <laughs> yeah. Right? We all should be excited about due process. That's what's... Well, right so, now, yeah. Supposedly right now, I think we are a little excited about it. <laughs> I like due process. Yeah. We're all legal scholars now. Right? <laughs> I've got an opinion. So, Megas, you're showing us this... That's D-E-W, right? D-E-W. Huh? <laughs> D-E-W. D-E-W process, right? So, sure. you're, you're showing us this <laughs> little... Uh, this well, little, you know, I don't know, is it a broadside? Is it yeah, a, it's kind of like look, a broadside in a card. Look, I know we've, you know, we've talked about, uh, uh, Jit. Now we talked about, um, uh, Xena, uh, a few times now. We're going to have an episode soon coming up with her, uh, talking about some things. But this was a cool thing that happened when, uh, my friend was down from Cleveland, um, uh, helping pack up the space and, uh, getting ready for the move. Um, we made this, like, collage piece one night. And this was a photograph we did. We took on a book after laying out our collage on the, um, the, the image, and then we typed up this uh, this long poem that we were going to make a book out of it. But then we realized it was like a triptych, so it kind of does this like cool fold-in thing here. Boom! It's like a greeting card poem. I don't know. This is yeah, something yeah. we something. You like that? Yeah. Something else, right? You can put like a timeshare presentation on the back. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's just kind of like separate. No, but it is cool because you could like you could you could give that to someone in a card form, and they could just tack the little totally card on the wall, and then the poem hangs down, which is kind cool. Of, yeah, yeah, that's, that's nice. Kind of that's some good. That's good ephemera. Yeah. It's ephemera, yeah. definitely. Um, do y'all want to read it? Go for it. It's like this piece, it's like by Zena and myself. We is this a is this a two voice poem? Uh, it, it could this. be not necessarily, but it's a. Uh, well, I don't want to say too much other than I can say it's a, this is a walking poem. Okay. You wrote this while walking. Yeah, yeah. Dust comes down in New Orleans under bridges. Three feet of cicadas, weeds entangled in the bottoms. Striped brick layer, but blah, blah about me. Then the wall signs, cursed with painted hands. Fiddleheads bow to the bases, graffiti stone. The phone, subconscious, picking up the dream state while walking, writing it down. The beehive of the alleyway, arranged. A different concept of chain. Naive bicycles zigzagging, then stops across street. A cigarette butt past dawn flicks the arc of the way, the eye rainbows toward the billboard. A single shot. Bird looks up and thinks nothing much. Singing to the city of potholes, happy heel to toe to the beat. People who are not real, excited about people who are not real inside their cars. I have a vague idea of where we're headed right now. I mark the point, ground spots, sound, let's clap the same way waxy weeds weave. Cross our feet together in a flat tire on an evening streaming corridor to the car park. The clouds become a house, our sweat and the door shuts, mirroring the mischief of the concrete and forever as the dusk swallows with a shut mouth. The season never calls again. No incense is strong enough to cover up the smell of your sad nest quiet boy dripping on the floor. If your record has to skip, listen again and again. The influences, nails down the back, edging so hard, no sex for weeks. Schlitzmas came early. The look you give me across the bar, I used Band-Aid in the ashtray. Beach Roamer, 1933. Former owner has blackened out the private parts of the dancing cherubs on page 187. Otherwise, a sound copy. Our offering table inside. Weed on paper, incense on wood, sage and pearl on marble, sweet grass, bronze and butterfly, hops in tin, refined sugar in vessel, iris in water and speakers, and sound the electricity, flames in August, every store shut, gnashing teeth, the darkness, a beach, banquet, beers, and sand curls, mosaic of small shallows, 
drink the shadows, smell like a clean sheet. 5 a.m., the real fucking ghetto. Cooking right here. The atmosphere gives touches a storm, riddles the humor, empty pro promises for the fog. We have never felt more secrets encrusted on the conjoined backs of our iridescent oyster shell masks. Nice. And I like how it looks on the page, too. We really busted it out, you yeah, know? Yeah. We, like, did this, like, fun, constellated verse. So you can read it in different ways. You can kind of pick up little chunks of it, you know? It's very Olsen-esque, Duncan sort of projected verse a little bit. I think my favorite is that no incense is strong enough to cover up the smell of your sad nest quiet boy dripping on the floor. That's Jeff. Huh? <laughs> That's Jeff. That makes sense. <laughs> it reminds me of so many, like the, I think the word boy I keyed on because I, I have a word that I talk about in New Orleans, a, a, like a special subset of people that I have to avoid and that's the sad boys. Um, wow. And I realized when I moved to town, like, why why the moviegoer, uh, like, I read all the New Orleans books when I moved yeah, to town, yeah. right? And the moviegoer really repulsed me because it was the dude who wanted to be an artist really bad walking around town doing fuck all, right? That's all he did is walk around town and hate on things and see movies and, like, not really get shit done. <laughs> and there's, like, those people exist in the city. And, like, I think, like, upon upon reflection the reason that like the movie goer repulsed me is because i too was a sad boy in new orleans <laughs> right um and the sad boy culture here is strong there are lots of there are so many tortured artists um who like have potential and are sad but just get fuck all done yeah and you gotta get it done it's true um and like the the other thing about the sad boys is like they can't be I found out they can't be near your projects either. <laughs> Their sad boyness gets into them, and you you start thinking about your own projects. This thing you shouldn't do. I shouldn't do this. There's no reason to do it. <laughs> right? It's really infectious. It gets into me really quickly. And like if I start thinking that somebody's a sad boy, I start distancing myself from the sad boy. And that those two lines. Um, it's interesting that you reference. Uh, Sounds like somebody you know. Um, well, I mean, because like it's a joke. Yeah, but it's like it's a it's a real form here, and it can be like it can you can play at being like you can play at being sort of depressed, but then eventually you just are. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's not a good form, um, and the form that's uncool is to just like want to do good stuff and be genuine about it, right? Because that's the thing that like we're that scares the sad boy. It's like, somebody who's just like, let's go get the day. But I, like, I found upon reflection that that's the person you should be. Anyway, that one. Yeah, well, no, I mean, that's I that interesting. No, that's an interesting idea, though, but, like, I wonder, because I think that's funny, though, like, that thing you're kind of noticing. Because there's people who like, but like, no, but like, I, I mean, I don't know if I see it in the exact same way as you do, but I think it's weird, right? There's some people who are super talented and creative in what they're doing, but they never complete a project or never get thing, get never get actualized. Yeah. And I don't know if I can quite figure out why that is. Why some people can? I mean, I think maybe on some levels, just wanting to do it or not, or not, or like, you know, for, for me, it was like, elemental. It was like, it was like, I was like, sometimes you can have too much fire and there's no wood to burn. You know what I mean? Sometimes there's, there's, there's... Are you there's, talking about the lime? No. About, okay, you're <laughs> I'm just saying like the, the creative force. Like uh -huh. sometimes you just end up like spinning your own wheels or like sometimes you just end up like burn, 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 burn. Right. But you burn, you burn so strong and so bright in some way. Like you're, like you have like this forced ennui, you know, like where you're mm -hmm. just like, oh, I'm burning all the time. It's like... Like there's that there's like that Hemingway like uh, thing that he said to Fitzgerald where he was like, "Listen, motherfucker, you have to use your hurt like a scientist. Mm -hmm. You have to like actually excavate if you're gonna be real about this shit. Yeah, like well, you, have, you have to excavate, you know. And there's like just people burning, burning off the, the like the 
the oil rig just like burning off the excess yeah, shit up I here. Yeah, sound like a dad, but you got to have a discipline. You have to have a discipline, right? You have to figure out what you're refining. Mm -hmm. you, the burn, if you're too much in the burn, you're not down here like refining yeah. the fucking. Yeah, but then there's people that have plenty of discipline. All those motherfuckers who make themselves write four hours a day and shit and still never publish nothing. So I don't know what that but means. Then you got to transfer the creative discipline <laughs> to the salesmanship discipline. Yeah, right? the yeah. The hard thing is that you don't ever get to quit. Right, <laughs> and like, yeah, you finished the like you you finished the thing, and now you have to spend almost as much time as you spent doing the thing, selling the thing, and none of us are very good at that, right? Or even that, I don't know that Trying. I necessarily think it matters if you sell the thing or not, but put it out in the world in some kind of way, That's whether what puzzle it. yeah, you whether you publish it, <laughs> be your own PR person, right? That's hard. Yeah, um, yeah. I was, I also like this line, people who are not real, excited about people who are not real inside their car. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. What was the, I like that one. What was, what was the emphasis for that? Like, can't, I mean, can you see it? Can you see, like, the, can you see, like, the, you know this, like, new growth that's going on, like, downtown? Uh -huh. You know, like, the, on the corridor, like, that's to the edge of uptown, like, a little bit more. Right. You, you know, this, like, specific thing that's happening uh -huh. where it's becoming, like, Boston. Or it's becoming like a city. It's got ways to go. Everybody. No, I know, but there's like a couple streets right. over there that's it's looking a little. It's, uh, maybe, right. yeah, or like Houston or something. But yeah. it's it's becoming something, you know, mm -hmm. and it's and it's like uh, it's like it's like not looking like New Orleans anymore, and it's this, and it's still New Orleans, but it's it's right there on the edge, and it's like you're seeing it, but but it's the way that the traffic moves through there, and it's the way that the people walk through there is that like it's the people who are on this like the people who are not real. What, what, what is the line? It's like excited about people, people who are not real inside their cars. <laughs> it's like the fancy cars going by, and like the way that the car, the, like the the. It's just there's like a vibe down there, and that's the vibe. What what it brought up for me is like how easy it is to depersonalize somebody who's driving a car. Oh right. Yeah. There's an article of a show that I just recently curated about the, the motor logs, the drivers in the 1920s when, when cars became like, you know, valuable enough or cheap enough to be able to get one. It was the car of the masses. Right. There was like an art, there was like an article. It was like the first court case ever by the Supreme Court deciding that the, that when you're in an automobile, mm -hmm. that that is your fucking legal personal space. That like, it was actually like. My personal space travels like your miles well. It was like your house. Like right. they were governing the the inside interior of the car okay. in the same laws as as is the, as was the inside of your home. Mm -hmm. So it was like your personal space. Like if someone invaded your home, like your car, right. then it, you had the right to protect yourself the same way as people who are invading your home. But start loading your musket or whatever yeah. it was. But, but it's it like is a personal like space too. thing, like right? The beginning of personal space. So mm -hmm. the genesis there, the idea there is like there's like. There's like the nice buildings, and then there's like the house, and then there's like the cars going through there. So, yeah, but there's also like the whole thing of it like being an extension of the person, but like a bubble around them at the same time. The fancy cars, right, it's like a buffer. The cars are playing to the pedestrians, playing to the cars. You know, it's I don't know. Yeah, the, that's, that's good. The like, like the four most dangerous words in the English language are they did a study, but they did a study on people who put. Uh, bumper stickers on their car and they found that the more bumper stickers on somebody's car no matter the political leanings of the bumper stickers that person was a more aggressive driver and the jump that they made was <laughs> that that person that person associates their car with themselves because they put what they think all over the car and so when you cut that person off you're like you're cutting off them <laughs> so anybody who has a bunch of bumper stickers on their the car is the extension of them away from them yeah, because yeah, whatever whatever thing might happen to their car actually happened to their ego. Wow! Right? Hmm. They did a study. The fact of putting a bumper sticker on my car is horrifying to me because I don't. I know I'm just not gonna like it later, and then I'm never gonna be able to get it off of there again. Do people who put campaign stickers on their car <laughs> not have that anxiety that like that's gonna be old at some point? Do they Apparently they're, not. Do they think they're gonna have a new car by then? <laughs> Eventually it'll be old enough that it's cool they have that on there, but it's going to take a long time. It takes a while because it's just it's grossly dated for a minute, right? Um, especially if it's somebody who lost. No, that's a good line. I like that. I like that. It's cool now.
I, I have like up in the archive. I have like an original Nixon Agnew sticker, and I was always looking. For, I always wanted to look for like a car from 1969 to like, slap it on the back of it, run away quick. They might they might appreciate it if they have a vintage car. Like all right, well, you're just adding to my. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. So how, so how, how did y'all write this? Did y'all like just kind of? Traded off, or did y'all write things separately? And okay, so yeah, I guess we're totally talking about. So yeah. we wrote this out, walking, going back and forth, dictating into the phone. Okay, cool. So we were just we would have these like little walks that we would do, and we would just get into like kind of like a nice pace, and then I'd be like, "Hey, let's write a poem," and we were just like talking into the phone, and there was a lot of like mistaken happenstance, like where it didn't pick it up quite right. But we like went back in and tried to edit some of those things out and leave some of them in. So like you know, because the auto dictate isn't like super accurate, but it's still decent if you know how to train it. So you were recording on voice recorder. You were actually having it auto dictate into the phone, yeah, okay. into our notes function so this on the is a phone. Voice to text. I feel like you buried the lead here. This is a voice to text poem. It's a no. It's a voice to uh, a voice note to note self transcription. That's called voice to text, though, right? Yeah. I, I guess it's yeah, it's voice to text. Yeah, it's voice to text. Voice to text. Um, cool. I feel like you could. You might you might do well formatting this and like you know, putting it on a digital on, on various phone outlines even, right? Uh, and maybe even dropping it in the you know in the font that everybody recognizes as texting font, right? <laughs> We try to make it into. We put it into a really bland font on purpose. Mm -hmm. You yeah, know, it's a very, it's a very straightforward, serif, sans serif. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like, looks more like a typewriter or like a dat, dat machine or something. Instagram people are all using the typewriter font right now. Oh, watch uh, out! You're on some tricky territory. But tell us what you know about that. Huh? We had a whole episode about this. About Instagram people using uh -huh. the, about it's Instagram just poetry. jarring. It doesn't seem like it should be there. <laughs> It's bad. Well, there's we a, did a whole episode. It's bad, but like you got like it needs to develop into bad that everybody remembers nostalgically, and then it becomes good, and then all of a sudden there's just typewriter font everywhere in improperly it's, placed. It's bad. People do it. Like famous people are doing it. Oh yeah, we know. Okay. We did a whole episode. Did a, well, we did an episode on Instagram poetry. Well, and it's like yeah, the most I mean, bangle things will uh -huh. get like fucking you know twenty five thousand shares. I'm talking about like like likes. Uh, like celebrities are like texting, are using Instagram and they're using the the typewriter font to like talk about their day. There's a wonderful That's weird. Instagram storm from Azalea Banks about being uh, stood up by Grimes at Elon Musk's house. Yeah, yeah. And well, the whole thing is done in typewriter font with like neon background. Doesn't make any sense. Which is weird. I mean, I never understand typewriter font to begin with because I like typewriters. But as a font, it's pretty shitty. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't look good. No. <laughs> and like, it's always got those weird little creases to make it like look like typewriter. Like in a typewriter, the texture is what makes it interesting. But like, you don't have any of that if you're using it as a font. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, the, the varying texture between right. hit strokes. Yeah. Yeah, that's what makes it interesting for sure. Wingdings does not make sense. Well, yeah, but it's not supposed to. Zapfino. Who uses wing <laughs> wingdings? Wingdings is great for design. You just take the title of something and then you switch it to wingdings and it, you use it as like a, a breath behind the thing. <laughs> that sounds like MS coming out there. That's, that's, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Um, well, you know, people share design. You know. Design tips with one another. Yeah, that's right? true. We're all using typewriter font for everything. I mean, you know, let's just let's just go back to Corel Draw on Adobe PageMaker while we're at it. Hell yeah, pixel art and, and Mario MS, Paint and Mar Mario Paint. <laughs> yeah, you remember Mario Paint? No. I used to do all the uh, all the credits for my movies in Mario Paint. We could use <laughs> Mario Paint to make the credits. It was the easiest way to do it. Did it look nice too? I mean, it had a look. <laughs> <laughs> Explore Mario Paint. Was that everything? Was on the NES or the NES? It was on the Super NES. Super NES. But it was real easy. Like if you were just editing your movies on VHS. 
Have you guys done that? To just plug it into your VHS, record the... Really? You could do that? Yeah. You could you go in that direction? Yeah. Done an episode on... Like a video General out? Maybe? Or Parappa the Rapper? Have you done episodes on that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, we haven't talked about either of those games. I mean, I don't know how we could do an episode particularly on them, but they could come up in a poetry topic, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know how you could do an episode. I would listen to the whole episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm an early on. Poetry video games. Well, we've talked about poetry games, like surrealist games and stuff. Uh -huh. Well, we also uh, talked... Our, our first episode was about video games and poetry, but not in that sense. Like maybe speaking to... No, not our first. Our third episode. Third episode. That was different. It was about... Using video games in conjunction with poetry. Oh. Like, if you write a poem, then you can go play video games? Well, as someone who was a poet who was also a video game... Designer. Designer. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, it was, uh, it was Jess, Jess Fiorini, and she, she talked about um, experience design mm -hmm. and, and, and how she like, uses poetry in her experience design and uh, how poetry taught her to, like, how to create narratives like, that go through an experience, like very particular sort of types of narratives to take people through and it's mm -hmm. how, how poetic it has to be sort of to you know, contain so it was like video. It was like she was just talking about how like, if you think about video game or po like video games, even going back to like early video game systems, she's like, they're always giving you these like ongoing little bite-sized pieces of text. It's like all your base art belong to us. All your base art belong yeah. to us. Yeah. Somebody well, set us up the bomb. <laughs> I mean, so it's like one of the first memes ever, right? Yeah, I guess so. Although I think memes I, was are always, I was always partial to. It's a secret to everyone. What's that from? From Zelda. Oh. I, I did I skipped straight to Link. <laughs> oh, oh you need Zelda. to go back and play the original Zelda. It is the best. I'm to I'm to understand that there's there's quite a Zelda fan base out there. My uh not to give away my nerddom, as if I haven't done that on this podcast anyways. My text notification is the when you get a rupee in Zelda. <laughs> A rupee? A rupee? Yeah, when you pick up a rupee, when oh, you pick okay. up, that's like the money system in Zelda from the original game. I thought game. you said rupee. Like, was <laughs> Zelda actually based in India? It is rupee, but I don't know that it's supposed to be like the Indian rupee. It's, oh, it's called a rupee in the game, yeah, too? Yeah. <laughs> it's called a rupee. Well, we covered a lot of ground here. We did cover a lot of ground today. Um... <laughs> Do you have any? Uh, I know you just had. I know that uh, Sex Party just had a show. Sex Party just had a show. There's gonna be a Sex Party video at the uh, at the Film Fest. Really nice. Uh, yeah, nice. October at the New Orleans Film Fest. Cool. Um, any other other things you want to announce or? Uh, I don't have anything else to announce. Yeah. Until we until we figure out the Sunday that you're gonna show up at the Maple Leaf with your bongo player. Yeah, that actually sounds like I, I'm. I'm <laughs> glad I came on here because we did figure out that like eventually. I will go to Maple Leaf open mic at on Sunday afternoon. Three-ish, 3.30. Ish, three ish, three ish. It happens about three to five, three to six, three okay. to five. -ish. Technically starts at three, but it never gets started until three. three. But it is, the, it is the longest continuous I'm running stage, reading in North America. I'm going on stage barefoot. I feel like that's a good that's a good one. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. 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 Um, don't know what else. That's that's fine. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> Make a leap open mic. We can play it one more time. We can mockumentary it. Yeah. I'd rather have somebody doing a sketch. Well, at least we'll at oh, least sketch we'll, like a painter sets up. Yeah. Well, at least record the audio. Record the audio. <laughs> but savor the moment too. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. We're, we're not, not doing it for the internet. But the, right. For this the, is just a spontaneous conversation. There happen to be microphones around. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, we didn't set this up or anything. Yeah. We just put it out there because you know <laughs> we think people think the things we say are smart. Well, we other yeah. We thought we had these set up in the back all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, there's like a there's like a you know there's like a bard of the Maple Leaf. You know, this uh, New Orleans poet Everett Maddox, uh -huh. and uh, he's like this sort of like you know he celebrated was, character. Yeah, he's like, he was like a, okay. A, a, a the quintessential romanticized version of a drunk poet, right. but the New Orleans version. Is yeah. from that Oak Street crowd? He, yeah. The, the, the hippie crowd? The, yeah. The, the, the Maple Leaf exactly. crowd. Yeah. 
And uh, so there's like, you know, I don't think he's officially buried there, but there's a headstone back there for him. Uh-huh. And it just says, Everett Maddox, he was a mess. There you go. That's, you know, that's what it comes down to. I think, uh... But they're doing out there, yeah. Isn't isn't some oh, we, of his? We can we can we can announce that because this is hey look this is coming out what Saturday morning. Yeah. Well, we could say if you're listening to this on Saturday morning and you're not doing anything in New Orleans, come out to Midsummer Mardi Gras on Oak Street. Oh yeah, Midsummer Mardi Gras this weekend. Yeah, that's this weekend. Yeah, that's, this weekend. that's, that's Saturday true. night. That's so, true. As a reminder, if you're so in New you're Orleans, probably yeah. not going to be attending. You probably won't see any. You're probably not going to be show. attending the Maple Street Poetry probably not. reading because you're going to be too hungover. Oh, that's on Saturday? That's on Sunday? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Sunday. You're going to be like, too. I feel like Midsummer Mardi Gras should still be on Tuesday. On uh, Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> it would make more but, sense. Yeah. It would make more sense. <laughs> well, what's going on before but, I move to here? I take it back. I'm sorry. It's been going now. This is the thirty-second year. Thirty-second midsummer. Midsummer. It would help it be. Uh, it, it would help cut down the crowd enough for it to be tolerable to go to again. It varies from year to year. I think <laughs> it does, but it's got pretty crazy. It's gotten pretty insane. What yeah. do they do? Carrollton and Oak. They do. They go all the way up uh, Carrollton, all the way up to Palmer Park, and then they come back to 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 to, to Maple Leaf. Oh, right by where I live. Yeah. I go sleep in the park that night and just wake up. <laughs> when people are trampling, trampling on you? Wake up to, yeah, someone's foot on my face. I'm like, oh, this must be Midsummer Mardi Gras. I hate it as much as I thought I would. <laughs> what is the theme this year? What is the theme this year? Uh, let me see here. No, I, I thought you just knew. No, I don't know the theme. I think I saw it, but I already forgot what it was. <laughs> it's hot. It's That's hot. the theme. The parade. I think I remember commenting on it, but I don't even remember what the theme was. I'll beat you to the punch here. I don't feel like clicking through. We did not point out they all have matching rooster hats tonight. <laughs> we do. <laughs> That's Joe's second rooster hat. Well, would you look? I found the other one, by the way. I left it at someone's house, and they, they turned it they, they turned it in. They faithfully turned it in for a little bit. The theme okay, is hard oak on your tongue. I have hard oak for your tongue and groove. That's it. Yeah, hard oak for your tongue and groove. So they're doing they're doing flooring puns. Wait, do you just misread that the first time? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> hard hard oak for your tongue and groove. Okay. That's I the, feel like that like the weird. The, the flooring pun, I've seen it tried at, like multiple times before by like flooring stores. I feel like maybe once in the city by like the Green Project or something, but like everyone's trying to like, let's tongue groove like it sounds like a sex act. Let's make it work. And it's hard. It's a difficult one to get in there. Hard oak for your tongue. I mean, it, I mean tongue groove. I mean, like that's just ass licking. I, like, I feel like tongue groove, you just... You, <laughs> You don't need to dress it up at all. That's true. Right? I mean, a- trying to add something to it is probably the hard part. Right. Oh, so you said just... group, parentheses, genitalia. <laughs> Wait, what? It's like a pavement song title. Is it really? <laughs> like a pavement. Well, the parentheses, I guess. Yeah, the parentheses. Tongue but, but tongue and groove doesn't seem like there's really genitalia involved. But it depends. What's a groove? There's grooves everywhere. Well, that's true. Yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. You guess it's true? Yeah. I mean, I don't... That sounds like that's that's got to be ass in that situation. Okay. Tongue and groove. Ass. <laughs> there you go. That, you got a belly laugh. Is that where groove it comes from? <laughs> yeah. It's the, what's She's the groove? so groovy. Yeah. Groovy. Yeah. No, I think that has to do with the groove of the song. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Groovy, if, so groovy. if you're trying to sex pun it, tongue and groove, you're probably right. No I mean, you could try to go the other way, but that's making it complicated. It is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so, Midsummer Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. No real poetry events happening this week that I know of. Not that I know of, except for... So, you know, rest m- up. Moving out of this place, that's my poetry for the week. Rest up, uh... Children. There'll be some poetry things coming. Um, and be soon. looking out for a sex party coming to a concert venue near you. Concert venue. <laughs> <laughs> a music recital hall. <laughs> a music recital hall. 
Uh, high school gymnasium. <laughs> Community college gymnasium. Look out for that. <laughs>